a good move. Why'd you dance him? Dancing is forbidden. Running crew, welcome to Dancing is Forbidden in Aqua Teen Hunger Force Exploration. I am Ronnie, and on this podcast, I am usually watching through and talking about every Aqua Teen episode, but since it's the end of the month, we are talking about an Aquadonk side piece this week, and the side piece we are tackling right now is Frat Aliens Hell Week. What? Pig? Do you have any idea who my dad is, sir? Frat Aliens Hell Week is the fifth Aquadonk side piece, this one premiering April 22nd, 2022. And this one is really interesting. It does something similar to the previous Aquadonk side piece, which was the Moonmaster 9 side piece with just the Moon and Knights and Samuel of the Cosmos. That one did not have any of the Aqua Teens or Carl in it. And same thing here, same thing with Frat Aliens Hell Week. But this one's a little bit more bold because the frat aliens, you know, they were really these kind of just one-off characters. They weren't like the Moon and Ice that came back every season. We only saw them in two episodes, which was their, you know, titular episode, Frat Aliens in season two. And then the last one, the last episode of season two with a bunch of the villains coming back. So again, it's just really bold of them to dedicate this whole episode to these characters that really have only been in two episodes. Now, worth mentioning, they have shown up visually at making little cameos here and there throughout the series. So it's not like they were really just this tiny one-off character, but still, I'm just surprised that they did it. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. I'm really excited to get into it. So on the voice actors on this one... Of course, we have Shecky Chucklestein, also known as Patton Oswalt. I get all into Patton's career. Well, not all into it, because that would be a whole podcast episode in itself. But I talk a lot about Patton over on my coverage of the Frat Aliens episode. So check that out, that podcast episode I did just a few months ago. And of course, worth mentioning again, because Aqua Teen was not a union show, Patton had to use a fake name, hence Shecky Chucklestein, and he would use that name also to appear on the episode Ezekiel in season four of Aqua Teen. So beyond Patton here uh, playing, you know, both of the frat aliens, we have James Austin Johnson making his Aqua Teen debut, at least from what I can see, and I, I believe that to be correct. James here playing the Pledge character, which of course we saw back in the original Frat Aliens episode, but that character didn't say anything in the episode. It just kind of passed out from drinking, all that kind of stuff. So here, the Pledges, they actually are kind of characters. There's a bunch of Pledges in this episode. And again, that's played by James Austin Johnson. He was in the 2021 episode of Squidbillies called One Man Band. That would be season 13, episode one, which is the final season of Squidbillies. James was in that episode, so I assume that's how he met Dave, and that's kind of how he got into this role as well. However, James, his career is really popping off. As of 2021, he is a Saturday Night Live cast member, so congrats to James there. But beyond this, the only other thing I can think of mentioning is he plays the character Kyle on the show Tuka and Birdie, which started as a Netflix show but is now an Adult Swim show. I haven't seen it, but I'm sure it's fantastic. So moving on from James, credited on this episode, we have George Lowe, and you know who George Lowe is, voice of Space Ghost and Space Ghost Goes to Coast. He plays a bunch of characters on Aqua Teen. He played Brack's dad on Brack's show all over Adult Swim. You know who George Lowe is. He is credited on this episode, and we do see him playing a police officer in this episode, which he did quite a bit in the later seasons of Aqua Teen, but he doesn't actually say anything in this short. 
And my understanding is they did record him for it. They recorded lines with George, but because of time constraints, they had to cut those lines out. And also they felt it was funnier, you know, spoiler alert here, to have his character just start beating the shit out of DP without saying a word. So I would love to hear those voice recordings, but I don't think that we ever will. But all right, those are our voice actors in this episode. Let me take a step back. This is a real slop-ass introduction here. I want to talk about the title on this one because it's pretty interesting because it is Frat Aliens colon Hell Week. So it's the same as like the initial Frat Aliens episode, which is also just called Frat Aliens, just with a colon and then another title after it, which is pretty cool. So, okay, I, I think that's enough. I think we're ready to jump in to this Aquadonk side piece. Let's go give it a look. All right, so this Aquadonk side piece opens the same as the other ones. We get some little music, a title card, and we see the characters that the side piece will be about. So here we see the frat aliens, uh, DP and Skeeter. And instead of dancing to the music like the other ones have been doing, you have Skeeter holding DP back. Like he's pissed off. He's ready to punch somebody. This really similar to the animation in the first Frat Aliens episode when DP is going to you know, mess up Carl's pizza face. He's so angry at him. It's the same exact thing. Anyways, after that little intro screen, we see what's going on here. It's nighttime. We are on Earth on the side of the road. And we see DP and Skeeter's ship, the same ship we saw in Frat Aliens. In fact, I really think it's just the same asset, just they upscaled it or something. I really couldn't find any differences between this one and the one that we see in Frat Aliens, other than the fact that this one is higher quality. But we see them standing outside the ship. We have DP by the front of the ship, and then we have Skeeter up on the, the back wing of the ship. He's about to open up the cargo hold, which will drop out just a bunch of pledges. So before we saw one pledge in the Frat Aliens episode, here we see a bunch of them. In fact, I counted there are 15 pledges stuck in that little cargo hold that will fall out. But I, I want to loop back to the ship really quickly because it is nighttime. I do think it's the same asset just through some sort of upscaler or maybe they had a higher res file of it to begin with. It's actually lit up here, which looks really nice because it's nighttime. It was nighttime in the original Frat Aliens episode too, but it didn't really light up. But here we have some of the lights visibly lit up. It looks really cool. They kind of, uh, you know, modernized it in that way. It's the same asset, just these little touches bring it into 2022. I'm not sure if I mentioned this in the Frat Aliens episode, but we see maybe it's some sort of model number or something on the ship. And that number is XZ-910. So that is the model of this spaceship. But of course, you know, we got the standard front, you know, flames on the front like Carl had on his pool on Balloonstein, tearing ass across his backyard. Frat aliens here tearing ass across the galaxy in this ship with all their pledges. And before we move on, we're still talking about the ship. When I covered the Frat Aliens episode, we see a front shot of them in the ship. And we see all these uh, stickers, and I was talking about the stickers there. There's, for example, the Dave Matthews cover band cover band. They have, they have their fraternity sticker, stuff like that. And there was one that I could not identify. So after that podcast episode came out, over on Twitter, Kelsey Eves, who is at Eves Kelsey, linked to this in the show notes, tweeted at me saying, I think I figured out what that last sticker behind the frat aliens is. It's an alien Calvin peeing on Saturn, like those Calvin rear window stickers that were popular in the 2000s. Edgy college student humor at its finest. So yeah, once I see this picture, I totally see it's supposed to be Calvin peeing on Saturn, like you would see all those other Calvin peeing on whatever the, the particular person didn't like. That's what this is. So thank you to Kelsey for pointing that out. Again, link to that in the show notes if you want to see the exact sticker I'm talking about. 
In this side piece, we do not get a front shot of the ship. We just get this side shot. But, you know, I, I didn't know what it was in that podcast episode. So this is the next best place to talk about it. So thanks again, Kelsey. Back to this Aquadonk side piece, though. Again, Skeeter's going to press the button and all of the pledges are going to fall out of the ship. They'll get up, you know, and then the frat aliens will be like, all right, drink. They'll all start drinking. And then DP and Skeeter are going to tape themselves to the pledges all in one giant just group. They're all grouped together. They're duct taped together. And this is a part of Hell Week. And this is just so cool because in the Frat Aliens episode 20 years ago, we heard these characters talk about Hell Week and mention, you know, getting in their fraternity. And that's exactly what we get to see here. So I am just so smitten with this idea. I am over the moon that they are doing this, that they are showing this to us because it's just it's just this kind of weird, obscure little piece of Aqua Teen lore that they use this Aquadonk side piece opportunity to show us, finally. You know, I, I I never would have expected to see this, but we get to see it. We get to see what Hell Week is like. We heard it was really terrible in the Frat Aliens episode. Now we get to experience it ourselves. Listen up, Pledges. We have been dropped nude 37 parsecs away from campus. Keep drinking, assholes, as per Upsilon Phi Omicron tradition. We're men now. That's right. Your pledge class must find your way back to campus without mine or Donkey Puncher's help. DP and I elected to be duct taped to you because we are brothers. You do not have that choice. <laughs> so I love the idea here that DP and Skeeter, they basically volunteered to be duct taped to the pledges to go through this hazing exercise with them. They're not going to help them, but they're going to endure this. It doesn't make any sense at all. I don't think anybody would actually do this, but because it's an episode of Aqua Teen, we need the titular frat aliens in this episode. They kind of have to. They have to be duct taped to the pledges. Otherwise, it, it, it wouldn't work. We, we don't want to watch just the pledges do stuff. That doesn't make any sense. So just really funny here that it's like, we're not going to help you, but we're going to duct tape ourselves to you and just endure this horrible thing because we want to. It's just so silly. Anyways, a lot of bits of information here. Of course, the pledges are naked, and that's how the initial pledge was in the Frat Aliens episode back in, in season two of the show. And something to point out here that I'm really impressed by is it is not the same pledge asset just multiplied 15 times these are like they're all slightly different looking which i think is really cool i really appreciate the time they took to do that makes it you know just a lot more i don't want to say believable because this is just so so stupid but definitely more interesting to look at and yeah just cool that they they made all of these pledges look a little bit different so i mean i appreciate whenever they do stuff like that but on to the hazing exercise i should have explained this but after they all get dropped off from the ship the ship flies away which is surprising because it's DP's ship. Who's driving it? He's letting somebody else drive his ship? I don't buy it. But that's what's going on. Somebody else drives the ship away, stranding them on Earth, duct taped together. They have to get back to, to, to campus. And campus is located 37 parsecs away. And translated to miles, that is 709.4 trillion miles away. <laughs> so just to give you an idea of how far that is. Now, first of all, that's you know a very far distance. But second of all... They don't have a spaceship. How are they supposed to get there regardless of what happens? I don't know, but I guess we'll have to keep watching and find out. The last thing that we learned there that is very exciting is they give us the name of their fraternity, which is Upsilon Phi Omicron. 
you know, back in the frat aliens episode, they never actually said the fraternity name. It's, it's these alien symbols on their shirt that I don't know what they mean. But but looking that up, there actually is an honor society called Phi Upsilon Omicron. I assume it is. Is it really Upsilon or is it Upsilon? I don't know. Regardless, there is something called Phi Upsilon Omicron, which is very similar and that is a scholastic honor society that recognizes academic achievement among students in the field of family and consumer science. So not a fraternity, but a similarly titled organization. So stranded on the side of the road, the frat aliens are going to be telling the pledges to drink. They'll be chanting it to them. But then a car will come by. We will see a familiar vehicle here. We will see two wicked Carl's Hot Rod drive by. And that's the closest thing we get to an Aqua Teen cameo in this episode. And then after the car drives by, we resume drinking. Drink, 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 car, 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 (laughs) car, car. Drink, 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 drinking assholes. Let's go. Worth mentioning about the beer bottles here. They are just unmarked. It's the unmarked beer bottle asset. There is no labeling on this whatsoever. But back to the car here. We have Carl driving by, maybe doing a, a run for Ding Dong Doofus. Who knows? Maybe he's making some money tonight. Carl drives by. We hear a familiar tune. This tune we heard in the Brood Rap episode. And in that one, I didn't know what the song was. I reached out to Nick Gibbons asking about it. He didn't really know either. And that was the end of that. Well, Speed Beats over on Twitter, he let me know. He's like, man, you gotta watch 12 Ounce Mouse because that song is called F Off. And it is in 12 ounce mouse, and that is Matt Millero playing, which was my guess. And that's what we hear here. It is F off the, the, the 12 ounce mouse anthem. And don't worry, because I've since started watching 12 ounce mouse. I am trying to rectify my ways. Please forgive me. So the frat aliens and their pledges, they are making their way down the street and they're drinking and some of the pledges, they're already starting to tap out. They're already starting to, uh, I mean, I, I mean, I can't even say tap out. They're starting to pass out. Who's dragging ass back there? Who's your fucking legs? Blunkin, status report. Well, it's Jared, is it? Use his pledge name, pledge. Rumple for skin, is it? Breathing, sir? You are not to open your mouth unless you are pouring beer into it. Rumple for skin, he won't wake up. His lips are blue. We're all blue, so what? Maybe, should we get help, sir? You're gonna need help for your smart ass mouth. Keep drinking, assholes. Maybe we should, like, see if he's, like, okay. I mean, like, what if he's dead? Fuck. Everyone, focus. There's a gas station up ahead. Everyone act chill. So at this point, we have a few of the pledges are just kind of, they're they're done. They're passed out or they are incoherent. Some of them just aren't drinking. They look sick. And then a few of them are still drinking. A few of them really wanting to get into this fraternity. So you hear some back and forth between the two frat aliens, DP and Skeeter. They're kind of trying to figure out what to do. I like how, you know, Skeeter asks one guy what's going on. He starts telling them, but then DP's like, no, you can't talk. You you only open your mouth when you are drinking beer. We hear some of their uh, pledge names here. We have Blumpkin and Rumple Foreskin. <laughs> I mean, I never got to be in a, in a fraternity. I wonder what my pledge name would be. I mean, I'm an Aqua Teen fan. Maybe it would be something cool like Hot Carl or, or something along those lines. Who knows? This whole hazing exercise is already going poorly, though. Again, you have almost half of the, of the pledges checked out. They're not really drinking like they're supposed to be. And DP and Skeeter, they seem to acknowledge it. We now find ourselves at the Foodie Mart. Of course, we first saw that back in the Meat Zone in Season 2. Just this little convenience store that they go to from time to time. 
this blue mass of duct taped together aliens. They are they are at the back section of the store where there is frozen food as well as the beer section. Very small beer section, but it appears that the beer is infinite because what's going to happen is they are back by the beer. They open the door and then they'll be grabbing these like 24 packs of wastewater mountain ice. Uh, that's the name of the beer and passing it. They're turning and grabbing and passing it down. So everyone has one in their hands and they're just pulling it out of the same spot in the in the cooler section, and it just keeps replenishing over and over again. So very impressive here. They have some sort of magical beer distribution device. The one other alcohol we see them with, which will be referenced at the beginning of the clip, is called Beer Douche. Uh, we see one raspberry with like sunglasses on. It's, it's like a little humanoid uh, raspberry a cartoon character thing very cute and but it's also like holding another raspberry character that's on all fours and its head is just exploding and there's like something i don't i don't know what it's really supposed to be depicting here i, I could read this many different ways but underneath that it says raspberry then in uh quotations it says bach that raz up because it is a raspberry triple bach so bach that raz up nice little joke there i don't know if this is new to this side piece or if this is shown in, in, a, in a later season Aqua Teen episode. As you know, I'm not really familiar with the later seasons. That's why I'm doing this podcast. Let's jump in and give it a listen. Raspberry Triple Bach? What the fuck? No, not that. The Tall Boys. Turn and grab, turn and grab, turn and grab. That's right. Drag them out, turds. Turn and fucking, what is this? Day one at fucking turn and grab school? <laughs> so that's just like an infinite supply coming down out of that, that freezer or that uh, refrigerated section. Very funny. You also heard they were not impressed by the raspberry triple bock beer douche drink. They just threw those on the ground and broke them while they were at the convenience store. Some of the other things we see in the frozen section next to the beer are some hot dogs. It says beefy eats. That's what they're called. We see something that just says orange chicken, something that says sliced bread, I believe. Um, yeah, of what I could make out, there weren't really any jokes. It was pretty straightforward, but just all different food items. Nothing that really looks to be out of the ordinary here. There's something called pinkish. I don't know if it's supposed to be ice cream or, or, or what it is. But yeah, nothing too crazy here. But I guess when you have this mass of these blue alien creatures, some of them are passed out. One of them looks to be dead. Uh, you don't really need anything crazy in the background. And back to this duct tape mass of aliens, I'm still counting 15. So they are staying very faithful to that initial number. I haven't noticed it deviating throughout the short. Now, if this was like season one or two of Aqua Teen, these numbers would be all over the place from scene to scene even. But that's not the case here. It's, again, it's pretty faithful to that original 15 number. Well, I should say 15 pledges plus the two titular frat aliens so moving on now it's time to buy the beer all the aliens are at the front counter now and we have a, a gray-haired older guy who is checking them out i am not sure who does the voice here i have to assume that it is james austin johnson because there's only two real people who did voices in this one that are credited at least and i i mean i guess george Loeb is credited this does not sound like george Loeb to me although it very well could be and it very well could be Patton Oswalt. I just can't imagine them wanting to pay these guys to do that. I, I think that they're maybe a little bit more expensive than James. But, uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know who this is. I'm assuming it's James. And, of course, I do have contacts with people who worked on this episode. But I'm not going to bother them over this tiny little role. So, it'll just be a fun little mystery for the time being. So, let's head out to the checkout counter and see how DP and Skeeter handle buying this beer. Adulthood, right? Yeah, this is all for me. Uh, they don't drink. <laughs> Keep drinking, assholes. Any good strip bars that you know of? Uh, see some ID. Oh, 
So they're being asked for ID here. You know, the joke being like, yeah, that's all for me. But then they turn around and say, drink assholes. And then all, all the pledges start drinking behind them. It's hard to make out how many uh, cases of beer are on the counter because they are kind of obstructed. But it looks to be about 17, which is the exact number of aliens we have here. Again, the 15 pledges and the two frat aliens. So, so yeah, uh, Skeeter here is trying to pretend like it's all for him, even though uh, we know that's not the case. And we're going to learn that Skeeter... Him and DP aren't even of age to buy this stuff. He's going to go through this whole this whole charade of trying to trick the cashier into selling him the beer. This is a hoagie hell frequent muncher card, one punch away from a free six-inch sub. That's actually <laughs> better than a state driver's license. Yeah. I can go anywhere with that. All right. So Skeeter's first uh, attempt here, he throws his hoagie hell card. We just see it's some sort of dining card. It says frequent munchers card. Uh, we see a sandwich here. It's just kind of a, a typical sandwich. But then there are... Uh, like muscular, or I don't want to say muscular, okay? Imagine imagine two arms holding a sandwich, but they have no skin. That's what I mean by muscular. It, it's it's just uh, the musculature holding this sandwich because it is hoagie hell. It looks to be like there's some sort of inverted pentagram very, very lightly over the sandwich. It's pretty hard to make out. Underneath it says, yum, 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 yum. I guess that gets written on these little uh, pentagrams, I think it is. It, again, this is kind of hard to see. But there are like a bunch of pentagrams on the card here that you would get yum stamped on. And then I assume once you get it all stamped out, you get a free hoagie. Skeeter only needs one more stamp here. So he's well on his way to, to his free hoagie. But he's acting like this is some big deal card, right? He's like, yeah, I could go anywhere with this. You know, this is better than a, this is better than a driver's license. From there, Skeeter is going to throw a library card at the cashier. It will say Southern Muska Constellation Public Library. And the Muska constellation is a real constellation, and Muska means fly, and it was first depicted in a celestial atlas by Johann Bayer in 1603. So kind of cool they called on a real constellation here. I wonder how they, you know, which, how they ended up picking one. But the interesting thing here is on the card is a name we have not seen yet. It says Donald Baker Schwartzberg II. And we do see a picture on the library card, which is funny, like library cards don't typically have your picture on it. And it looks, it really looks like DP, but a little bit skinnier. But the interesting thing here is that it was Skeeter that handed it over. So why would he be handing over DP's library card? Doesn't make sense to me because we know that Skeeter, his name is, is Zarnold Edward Quigley, which is not the name on the card. So just very confusing all around. I don't know if this was like kind of their attempt to give DP a name, but again, it's not DP that hands this card over, and it does look a little bit skinnier than him, although it does look pretty similar to DP. I, I really believe that there are other aliens that look like these guys, so maybe it's just somebody else's library card, maybe it's supposed to be neither of theirs. No clue. Here's my library card where I'm allowed to check out adult magazines. So there's that. He's allowed to check out adult magazines with the library card just to prove that he is old enough to buy this beer. And then to further drive the point home, or rather just confuse the cashier, he's going to just drop a bunch of playing cards onto the uh, counter here. He's going he's gonna to make a reference to Ace of Spades, the Motorhead song. And then after dropping all 52 playing cards onto the cashier's table to really drive the point home and convince this clerk that he is old enough, he's going to show him some old kind of like 1800s uh, was supposed to be a picture of him as a baby, which you can see is like the body of a, of a man standing by a chair. 
but then it has uh, Skeeter's face over it. So he's like, yeah, oh yeah, this was me as a baby all the way back then. I am clearly old enough to buy this beer now. Okay. This is an Ace of Spades, which Lemmy sang about. Yeah. <laughs> I have 51 more of those. And this is a picture of me as a baby. Okay. Of which I am way older now. Adult age. Oh, okay, damn. How much do I owe you? As I said, all this is for me because, as I said, they don't drink. Remember? Oh, that, oh that's fine. To touch on the playing cards really quickly, it's really interesting because they are all either spades or hearts, but, like, the face you see on the card, like, the main thing... It's just one giant like spade or one giant heart. That's it. But then the numbers are all different. Really interesting there. I don't I don't know why that is. Maybe that was just easier than having them draw out all unique sets of cards. I don't know. But regardless, you hear this clerk doesn't really give a shit. He's just like, yeah, that's fine, man. I'll, I'll sell it to you. Reminds me kind of of my first time buying, buying alcohol. I was in Missouri visiting my wife because she was going to college there. I had not yet moved there yet. It's my 21st birthday. First time buying alcohol. They didn't even ID me. They didn't give a shit. And it was a college town. You'd think that they would be more on top of this. And I'm not a particularly older looking person. So I looked probably pretty damn young. And they're just, they just sold it to me without checking my ID. So seems to be a pretty similar situation here. It's like, look, I don't get paid enough to give a shit. I'm just here doing my job. I'll sell it to you. The frat aliens are going to now tell the pledges to pass their money up front. You know, the joke here, of course, they, they keep making this joke, which is so funny that, yeah, it's just for me. And then now they're like, yeah, pass the money up front. But then then Skeeter will say for my beer. But uh, some some of the pledges will pass some money up front. But then one of the pledges will point out that, hey, we're we're nude. We don't have our clothes on. Our money is in our clothes. I don't know where those few pledges who did pass up money. I don't know where they were keeping their cash. And luckily, they all have American dollars, it looks like. Of all the currencies from all the galaxies, all the planets, all the countries on Earth even, that they, they could have had. They had U.S. dollars, so they really lucked out on that one. But they did not luck out in the fact that some of the pledges, they didn't quite think about the fact that they would need money. Even though I have to assume they did not know where they were going, what they were doing, anything like that. Let's hear it all play out. Money up front. Pass your money up front, pledges. For my beer. Only my beer. Don't fuck this up. My money's in my pants. Yeah, our, and our pants are at the house for when you spanked us. Yeah, for when you spanked us. You should have thought about that when I yelled at you to remove your clothes. Just funny to be blaming the pledges here, but you know, now that I hear more of these pledge voices... I'm really thinking that James Austin Johnson did do the clerk because we hear some more of his range here, and it really does make me think that it's the same voice artist doing the clerk as well. Anyways, though, one of those pledges mentions something about how they don't have their pants, they're back at the house from when the frat aliens spanked the pledges, which on the surface level is funny, but before recording this, I, I was trying to look up some accounts of people who went through hazings in fraternities and to be clear i'm sure there are plenty of fraternity experiences that were great and people have nothing but good things to say but then you do have these horrible experiences for example i read one by james a murtha he shared this in the houston chronicle just his account of this was 62 years after his hazing he's writing this saying how nobody died it wasn't particularly you know extremely dangerous but the the whole experience just affected him so negatively and essentially his hazing, a part of it was that he had to crawl between his fraternity brother's feet while he was getting whipped and beaten with garden hoses, him and all of his fellow pledges. They had to do that just as one part of it and how, you know, he's like, do I even want to be friends with these people who are so sadistic? It was just such such an interesting read. There's a link to this in the show notes. 
And even that, you know, I'm sure there are so many people who got messed up from their hazing experiences. Of course, there are people that died because of it, and just so many horrible things happened. And again, I'm, I know that's not every single experience, but some of them have been horrible. So I do want to point that out while, you know, I'm laughing at, at these pledges getting spanked. I mean, it's Aqua Teen. These are these crazy alien creatures that uh, there is a darker side to all of this. So just wanted to point that out while I'm laughing at the alien spankings here. But but moving on, breaking up this whole illegal transaction, because it's clear that the, you know, none of these frat bros are old enough to buy this stuff. Breaking it up, we have the police driving up, rather, a single police officer, Officer George Lowe. Shit, it's the Bronze 5L. Who ratted us out? Stay cool, DP. DP's got to stay cool here. I should mention everyone's eyes are red. You know, and your eyes can get kind of red from when you're drunk. But I suppose maybe they're also high, too. Who knows? Officer Lowe is going to enter the convenience store, and we get this really cool subtle animation. There's a pledge all the way on the right of this duct-taped mess. He has a beer bottle, and he's going to slowly put it behind his back. Like he's going to put it away after George Lowe enters the room, which is really cool. And it's just this subtle thing that I wouldn't have recognized if I didn't do this episode and just reminds me of how fun it is to do this podcast, just picking up these little details that otherwise it's like, why would anybody pay attention to that? But yeah, kudos to the animator, whoever just decided to do that, because it was so unnecessary, so not needed. But I just really appreciate seeing that. He just kind of like slowly hides it as George Lowe walks in. We have every legal right to be here buying beer as we are each legally 29 years old, as I am proving <laughs> with these various cards. <laughs> So that is Skeeter, and they just drop all the assets that we saw previously. They drop the, the sandwich card, the library card, the 52 cards, and then they pull the painting out like one of the pledges does. They just It's just like a, this awesome reusage of all the assets because, you know, these were done so cheaply, I assume relatively quickly. It, they just get so much mileage out of these little assets they made for this. Because not only do we get the joke of seeing them being shown and presented one at a time to the clerk working at the counter, but now they all just get dumped on the floor as like a really quick like reminder. Like, yeah, these are this is my qualifications. This is my identification. I'm old enough. Apparently, they are all 29. And hey, I'm 29 as well. So I can confidently say that you can buy alcohol at that age. But as we know, they are none of them are 29. And again, you just have to remember, they are all duct taped together. Two of these pledges look fucking dead. And George Lowe, the, the police officer, just walks in on all of this. It's just the most absurd sight. And I also need to mention, I forgot to mention this, that all of the pledges at this point now are holding their own case of beer. So they bought the beer and they're holding the cases in front of the police officer. So after that dialogue, we get George Lowe just looking at them in complete silence. And DP, he is not going to take this lightly. He's going to start to get aggressive, eventually hitting Officer Lowe, which then will cause uh, George to pull out a, a, a nightstick or whatever you want to call it and just start beating the fucking shit out of DP. What? Pig? Do you have any idea who my dad is, sir? My dad owns a dealership. What does your dad own? <laughs> so that is DP, you know, getting his comeuppance. I mean, he, he assaulted an officer, so what can you really expect? There was no reason for him to hit the, the policeman other than to, to further this plot along. But I'm glad they were able to drop in my dad owns a dealership. I mean, you, you got to give it to us. We're seeing the frat aliens. You, you got to give us at least one. Some great animation, though, with George Lowe beating the shit out of DP because his face in real time gets like bruised and bloody and stuff. It's not just like he's getting hit and his face gradually changes. It's like with every hit, you see his face just become kind of bruised and battered, which is which is very funny. I also love the just the, the comedy, the visual comedy of 
while DP is aggressively talking to Officer Lowe, he moves towards George Lowe so that he can hit him, really. But you have this entire mass of these 17 aliens. They all just move in unison. It's really funny. I'm really impressed by their coordination here. Also, I need to point out the animation department, like, it's pretty underrated here because, like, a lot of the pledges are reacting to this in their own kind of way. And, and Skeeter himself is kind of looking the other way and backing up a little bit while still being duct taped. It's just it's just really funny watching this this mass of organisms all kind of interact and, and seeing their own reactions to things. It's just just a lot going on here more than you would think. Anyways, we're about to get a quick cut because we just saw DP getting his ass beat. And then we cut right to this just mass of all the, the, the frat aliens and their pledges. They're all still duct taped together. They are now in jail. Again, still duct taped together. It's funny that the, the police didn't separate them or anything. Now Skeeter is, is also bruised, battered, and bloody. Both of the, uh, you know, DP and Skeeter, they have blood on their shirts. The pledges are unharmed, though. So I don't know what happened to Skeeter because when we saw DP getting beat up, Skeeter was kind of backing up. Like, he wanted nothing to do with this. But I guess uh, Officer Lowe, his, his rage knows no limits. And he, he beat the shit out of Skeeter as well. But yeah, we cut to that in a jail cell with the pledges as well and we see jay wade edwards is here he's dressed up as a lawyer i guess he's a lawyer now and maybe that kind of answers you know we saw jay first in the episode the in season two he lived in frylock's apartment complex i guess this is his day job he's a lawyer and he lives at the apartment complex we're, we're piecing together this character's history and of course, this this character is based off of Jay Wade Edwards, the producer, editor on Aqua Teen. He actually edited on this episode, this being the first Aqua Donk to air with Jay working on it. Both Jay and Paul Painter edited on this one. And that's what's cool about the Aqua Donk side pieces and cool about the film is, I mean, like Dave said in our interview, they got the band back together, man. They got all these original people, not just the voice actors, but the editors, the the animation, pe some of the animation people, some of the artists, they really just try and get everybody back. And it's just so cool that all these guys are friends. They all still want to work on this thing. Just makes me love this show so much that the, the passion for everybody is still there all these years later on, on every le level. You have a lot of the same sound people, everything just all coming back to make these. And I think that's why they all turned out so good. That's my suspicion. But all right, this mass of 17 aliens, they are in prison, duct taped together. Their lawyer, Jay, he's standing there. He just got done reading them their charges, I assume. Let's hear how it goes. The cop wrote that? That's not what happened at all. We were robbed, and the robber taped us up and made us drink and took all of our clothes. This is our lawyer, too. No, get your own lawyer, Pledge. <laughs> okay. You're not with us. They're not with us. May I make a separate statement? Blumpkin, stick together with the hood on the story we discussed. So Blumpkin, he's kind of asking, like, is, does this guy represent us, too? Skeeter, though, he does not want to share... So let's just move on to our next and, and final clip here. We have one of the pledges just throwing up all over DP, and they'll talk about that a little bit. And then uh, we'll get, of course, our Aquadonk credits at the end. You'll hear that sound come in, but there's still dialogue over it. So I'll just keep it all together. Let's listen to it. I swear to God, <laughs> if I weren't duct taped with my back to you, I would punch you over and over in the face right now. <laughs> Jared isn't moving. Use his pledge name, Pledge. <laughs> so yeah, this is this is one of the pledges that basically was passed out the entire time. Like he he comes together just to puke all over DP, and then uh, Bumpkin or Blumpkin or whatever his name is, 
He's like, Jared isn't moving. And then all, all they want them to do is continue to use their pledge name. So that is the end of Frat Aliens Hell Week. Let's just move on to my, my thoughts overall on this one. And I just really like this one. Again, I feel like it was a really ballsy move to have an Aquadong side piece here. You know, we had been waiting seven years for more Aqua Teen content. We get this, this episode here. There are no Aqua Teens in it. And, and I, I include Carl when I say Aqua Teens a lot of the time. But it was just so good. I really liked this. This is exactly what I wanted from Aquadong side pieces was getting to see what these villains were up to and getting kind of like a step back to see some of the things discussed in previous episodes that they didn't expand upon. In this case, we get to see some of Hell Week. Now, you know, not a whole lot happens in that regard, but still, I mean, this one, it just brings the jokes. I think every little scene is funny. And what's really impressive is... The entire thing basically is Patton Oswalt talking to himself, and it's not even like he's playing two drastically different characters. It's kind of the same character, right? DP Skeeter, they're not that different. Their voices are basically the same. Their personalities are basically the same. But despite that, Patton, Patton just does a great job, and I never get sick of it, never get bored of it. Now, of course, you know, this is a, a three-minute thing. Maybe if it was longer, then I wouldn't feel the same way. But for what it is... I think they just really nailed it. I really, really appreciated this one. I liked seeing what the Frey aliens were up to. Of course, I just love these characters so much. I love their interactions with the Aqua Teens, but this really goes to show that this character or these characters or are, are still pretty strong and they can kind of stand on their own for this little short. They didn't need to bring the Aqua Teens in, right? If they tried to force Carl or the Aqua Teens in, then I don't think it would have been as good. For what it was, I thought that they just, you know... Did a, did a great job here, so I gotta give this one five rolls of duct tape out of five. I wouldn't change a thing here. I would like to see, I would like to hear, rather, maybe the George Lowe lines. I think that would have been cool to, to hear what he would have said, but I think they were really right on the call here that it did really stand on its own without George saying anything. It is funny that he just kind of stares at them and starts beating the shit out of them. Admittedly, on my first viewing, I thought maybe that was kind of odd, so I don't know, maybe I'm just used to it at this point. But still, five out of five, can't go wrong with it. So yeah, that is that is Frat Aliens Hell Week. I hope you enjoyed this short, and I also hope you enjoyed this podcast coverage. It's always nice to uh, do a little bit of a shorter episode at the end of the month, because that's when I do my Patreon content as well. This month, I am going to be doing two little episodes here. I'm going to be talking a little bit about the Dave Willis interview, playing a few unaired clips from that, and then also doing another one of some of the special features on the Volume 3 DVD, since we are wrapping up the second season. So that's what's going on over there. You can check that out at patreon.com slash dancing is forbidden. Link in the show notes. There's also over nine hours of coverage on the colon movie film for theaters, as well as coverage of some other Adult Swim shows. So that is it for me this week. I know our week is really messed up because of that Dave Willis interview that happened so last minute. Everything is just, just thrown around, but that's all right. I think we can make an exception for Dave here. So next week, we'll be jumping in to Bashington's New Year's Eve party. And the week after that, I suspect we'll be finally covering the last one, our last season two episode. So sad to see season two over, but at the same time, one, I'm glad to, you know, have finally discussed my favorite season in its entirety to finally have paid respect to the season that meant so much to me growing up. But also, I'm really excited to head over to season three now because I have seen all those episodes, but maybe once or twice. So really excited to finally hit some, some Aqua Teen territory I'm not as familiar with. So until then, gotta shout out the homies. Sean, Ian, Captain Buford, Brian, Robison, and Reverend Raven 46 
You guys can use my lawyer any day of the week. I hope everyone's 2022 is winding down beautifully. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Raspberry triple bock? What the fuck? No, not that. The tall boys.